Welcome to Teal of Interiors, a holistic approach to interior design. Enjoying the podcast? Support our podcast with a small monthly donation to support future episodes. Click the Support This Podcast link in our show notes now. We appreciate your support. It is essential to our success. Thank you so much for listening. Now, back to the show. I'm Dee. And I'm Alicia. And welcome back to another episode of Tea Over Interiors. We are joined by a special guest today. But before I get to that guest, Alicia, you know I need to know, girl, what you sipping on? I have something wonderful. I just got a night gift from my cousin, who's always giving me beautiful teas. And I have a vanilla bean macaroon. Ooh. It's got natural flavors in it. And <laughs> it's a black tea. It's very fragrant with vanilla and a dash of cinnamon. Very nice. Nice, nice. We went to a state fair over the weekend. And I bought this tea that has honey granules already in it. And it is lavender lemonade. And it's really delicious. Are you a couple of mine? Yeah, it does. It's very similar. That's why I noticed it. I have a couple of friends who are potters. Okay, so today's topic. Alicia really loves the idea of how women buy property and fix it up and do all kind of things for themselves, mostly. Today, we are joined by my sister friend, Sheridan. Hi, ladies. Hey, thanks, Sheridan, for being with us today. I'm very encouraged by your story. I'm invited, and I'm so happy to be here. But before we get to Shanette, we okay. need to know what she's sipping on. Well, Dollette visited me, and I went <laughs> to the craft fair with her. So I had the peppermint, it's honey tea time, and it's delicious, actually. Yeah. No bitterness of that tea at all. Delicious. Yeah. Sounds delicious. I'm loving my vanilla here. I'm smelling the... That sounds the so good. Really good. Yes, it's good. All right, so you know it's time for D. Randomness. So this randomness is brought to you by you two because you two like to garden. So this is a little fact that maybe you know, maybe you don't know. Did you know that you can make honey from dandelion? No. Well, yeah, I have dandelion honey. I've had dandelion tea, but not dandelion honey. As long as they don't have pesticides. You can take the heads of the dandelions and boil them down and use sugar and honey. And there's like a whole recipe to make dandelion honey. And it's a great alternative for vegan. So is it? Aren't you adding honey? You said you add honey. No, you don't add honey. So the first thing you do is you soak the petals in cold water for five minutes to allow any of the insects to come out. And then you put them in a saucepan along with water, lemon slices, and vanilla bean. You boil it. Over high heat, reduce it and simmer for 30 minutes. And then you remove it from the pan and let it steep for six hours. Once you strain it, then you're going to discard the solids with a cheesecloth. And then you're going to place the dandelion honey in a heavy sauce pan and bring it to a boil again. And that's when you add the sugar until it's dissolved. Let it heat and let it simmer until it reaches its desired thickness. It could take up to an hour. It'll thicken more once it cools. Okay. So you can make dandelion jam also. There's all these different things you can make with dandelion. Now I have a wonderful excuse for not weeding my garden. 
Exactly. That's what I'm telling you gardeners this for. Just in case you get dandelions, they're not weeds. You can actually use them. Some people eat the dandelions as like a salad and with garlic and stuff like that. They're actually, they're a bad weed, but they're a good weed to eat. You know, yeah. it says that a weed is anything you don't want in your yard. So some perennials can act like weeds because they just take over. So weed is a very subjective, subjective term. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to today's topic. Alicia, like I said, yeah. here, who is very handy and crafty and she loves to take care of her home and do all things to it. So I am going to turn the floor over to you, Alicia to ask any questions that you may have. Okay. So I'm very inspired. Even, I guess I was pretty, pretty young when I was introduced to the concept of homeownership and remodeling and repairing and just maintaining and fixing. I call it the living arts, right? Because it's really about the experience that we have in our homes. And I just love that as a concept. And so Dee asked me one time, like, would you like to do a series on something in particular? And I said, I'd love to talk to women who are doing what I'm doing, because I know we're out here. I met a whole bunch of them before I did this. And I know that it is not nearly as daunting as people think it is. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot. But talk to me about your decision and how you came upon it. And ultimately what made you gravitate to doing remodeling well i love the idea of the your idea of the living art because creating a home and not just a house i think is an art and that's very subjective and i like to be able to put my own touch on something and to fashion it in a way that's beautiful to me and useful to me i couldn't always convey that to someone else or what I wanted wasn't always available. And so I looked at how I could make it myself. And I've also, and I still do, have great respect for craftsmen. And I think that they are artists. When I think of the Biltmore, and that was carved by hand and built by hand, those are artists. And I like to express myself that way and express my art and make things that speak to who I am. And so that's why I was drawn to it. But there's also a practical side. Even if you don't do the work yourself, the more you know about it, I think the more respect you get from people who are going to work on your home, the less you'll be taken advantage of. And it's always good to educate yourself. Those are the things that still keep me interested. It's a process. A home is a process. It probably needs something to be done to it, to change it in some way. And as you grow in knowledge and skill, you can do more things to that home. What type of individual is drawn to this process of working on older houses. I think it is quite an academic pursuit. You have to have a true passion for learning. You have to have intellectual curiosity, right? Because you just said something that really resonated with me and I don't know if that's everyone's opinion or everyone's perspective. And that is the more you know, the more informed you are, the more capable you are at communicating your desire. And you do gain much more respect when you're working with tradespeople or craftspeople. Now everybody is not going to get on board. And a lot of people have been dismissed from this address. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot. So, yeah. What do you think the challenges have been? The challenges? Well, I will say this. I am more of an arty person, not a athletic or physical person. And okay. doing home renovation is physical. Yeah. There is a lot of physicality to it. 
And so learning how to work smart, and I'm, I'm also single. And so I have to maneuver equipment myself and tools myself and maybe hold something to screw it myself. And so that is a challenging part if you're not a physically in- endowed or physically athletic person. Well, we'll say that. That's the biggest challenge. The other things that people would consider challenges are the things that I enjoy. Learning about different tools, different ways to do things, finding people to help. And now with the age of YouTube, there are so many resources and also female resources that show you it can be done. But I think the challenging part is is educating yourself and the physicality of it for me. Because it's manual labor in a different way than designing or decorating or crafting is. Even different from gardening. Gardening is a different type of physicality. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. She's in the process of remodeling her own kitchen. Oh, yes. So the houses that she buys, she didn't tell you this part. The houses that she buys, they're all good, what you consider good bones. They don't need major renovation. They just need updating a lot of times. And to put your own touch on it. Like her house now, the bathrooms, they're in great condition, right? They just are not of this time period. So they're dated. They're just dated. That's it. But But they're not in bad shape. No, they're not at all. They're in excellent shape. And I think that is something that as you do this more, you can see what good bones are and not look for the pretty things, but look at the construction of the home. Because this house, when I first looked at it, even my realtor said, are you sure? And I was like, yes, this is the house. And I could tell just by how well things were maintained, the products they used to construct this house, that this was a house that was well built, well cared for, dated, yes, but but a well built house. So how could you tell? I know how I can tell. Oh my gosh. So this house, the siding. So I have a, it's a split level. The facade is a Indiana limestone. There are no cracks in the mortar of the Indiana limestone. The siding itself, even though the paint color is old and dated and bland, the siding is thick. It's not quarter inch or a half inch, it's three quarter inch siding. There are minimal cracks in the, even in the garage, even from a house. This house is from 1952 and every house will settle. Every house will get little cracks in it. There are no cracks that are, that show that the foundation is weakened in any way. These are just cracks from settling, but the beams that go across the garage to support the house, they're iron beam. They built an addition onto the house, which is a three season room. It's enclosed, it's glass enclosed, it's lovely. They dug out all the way into the old basement where they attached it to the original foundation of the house with cinder block. It is a dry basement that that, that is 40 years old now at this point. It's dry. The floor that they put out there, gorgeous. It had brown linoleum. Oh, the cabinets. Old cabinets, old, dated, scary when you first walk in, but they are solid wood. I don't even know that if I had to replace the cabinets to what's there, I would say over $80,000 today. And I don't know if it would be, if it would be the same craftsmanship. And those are the things that I look at. Good stuff. Good stuff. How long have you been in that house? Just a year. I bought this house October of 2021 and I've been renovating it since then. Just the kitchen, really. I put new floors in, the cabinets. 
I'm painted. I actually made them shaker style, new counters, painted every rooms except the bathroom and just little things. I've had the driveway done. I've had a new walkway put in. But even the walkway, when when people come to the house to do things that I know I can't do, like a driveway or a walkway, everyone comments on how well built this house is. And so that just showed me that I made a good decision. I let the little bubbling paint or bad color, you know, I'm glad that I looked, that I didn't just focus on that, you know, so yeah. Because the walls are smooth. The walls are smooth. The floors did not need to be finished. Yeah. That's a good era, though. The 50s and that's basically yeah. mid-century modern. You could do some. So what it. Yeah. You can do some great stuff there. Oh, like, yeah. As a designer, I have ideas. But everybody has ideas. Yeah. Yeah. It's very beautiful. cool. Yeah, it's yeah. very cool. Would you say that you enjoy this journey of renovating and remodeling? If you had to do it all over again, would you just have someone else do all the labor and you just sit back and let them know what you wanted to do or you liked the fact that you had to get your hands dirty get a sander have a sprayer and have all these tools and stuff at the ready when you got to fix something you know what some days i really do wish i just had someone else do it some days i do but then when i look at my house or when someone comes to my house and says, oh, that's so pretty. And I just have this idea that I did that. Um, it was my idea. I figured out how to do it. I persevered through it. That's a huge thing for me is persevering when my shoulders hurt and when I'm full of dust in my face from my sander or my spray painter. There's a huge sense of pride and accomplishment that, that this is my home. And not just because I own it, but because I put so much of myself into it. And even if I don't stay here forever, this house was loved by me. And I know it's an inanimate object, but it was still loved and cared for. And I left something of myself in it. So no, I'm glad I do it myself. Some days I really do wish I, I just would have someone else do it. But 90% of the time, I'm very happy that I did it. That gives me joy. Yeah, it gives you joy. And it's also, as you said, it's a sense of pride, not in a negative sense, but feeling very good about an accomplishment and knowing yeah. that it was your vision that came to fruition. And you were able to bring that thing from point A to point C. Yeah. Everyone keeps saying to me, even LinkedIn said to me, what happens when the house is done? You just go on to the next one. It's never and I'm like, it's never done. It's never, this house can never be done. Like this, first of all, it depends to what degree you want it finished. What does finished mean to you versus finished to me? To me, it, this house, I don't even, I, first of all, I would be over improving. I would be spending way too much money on the house. It would be well, well beyond what it's worth. Mm -hmm. Because I'd like to restore every inch, every inch to yeah. what it was in like the 1900 when they first built it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Who has that kind of money? And that time. And if you may, it may be done, but in five years, you're going to be someone else who needs something else from the house. And yes, then go so, not done again. So now you got to start over, get yeah. a new thing out of it, you know? And that's the beauty of the home and of building it and doing it yourself. So talk to me about the decision to to do it. How should I say this? See, a lot of, I know, I knew a lot of women who are doing this by themselves and you'll hear people say, even though it's ridiculous, you'll hear people say, that's just a huge undertaking. From a financial perspective, a lot of women are very capable of affording it. But there are, you, there are so many responsibilities. There are so many things to do just in home ownership. Forget about remodeling. What would you say to someone who says it's just a huge responsibility for one person? I would say it is, but I would say women are capable. People, we are capable of it. And it's something that 
adds to us, not only adds financial security, but it adds something to your character, to how you can believe in yourself when you've accomplished that goal. And so I won't say it's not a big undertaking. It is, but we're capable of it. So, you know, I love it. That is absolutely true. Absolutely true. Thank you for that. Yeah. So thank you so much, Jeanette, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Giving us your perspective on remodeling and homeownership from someone that you say that you don't have a design eye, but I think you do very well. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, someone always said, leave the world a more beautiful place than you found it. And I think that we all have our way of doing that. And mine is just making my house look good. I love when my neighbors tell me they enjoy seeing my yard. It makes them happy to see my home and they love it. And that makes me happy. So, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. All right. Thank you. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. Don't forget, rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to share this episode with a friend. Until next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. We'll see you next week.